0: That you're able to make your wages last through different expenses while even retaining some senses. Stability with the ability to do things differently with
1: dignity. Dear listeners, I'm sure you are aware that the coronavirus has exacerbated income inequality the world over. The average home price in Missoula has been rising fast, and with the quickly changing times and upcoming election, I decided to start a new season of ZAP. To start off season two, I wanted an update on the real estate market and was super stoked to set up a meeting with Jason Baker of the Jason Baker team at Rise Realty. Jason became a realtor in 2013, after spending many years in Missoula putting down roots and exploring numerous other work and business ventures. In this interview, he shares a little of his background, followed by an in-depth analysis of the latest stats. The forecast for the low to median wage earner may seem grim, but don't despair or run off to get your real estate license just yet, at least until after you've listened to this conversation. And now, please enjoy my interview with Jason Baker of the Jason Baker team at RISE Realty in Missoula.
2: You've seen the, they look like a half caboose basically, you know, the the tiny homes. And, you know, they're trying to sell those things for an exorbitant amount of money because, yeah. So I I think it would be really good to to have communities like that. There has to be options.
1: There has to be. Yeah.
2: And how cool would it be also, um, to have that community feeling again that I think some of these larger parcels uh, and some of the, like, because it would be, you know, communal living, like sometimes, you know, like for me, obviously, white, Christian, conservative, doesn't really, you're right, like the opposite of what most people in Missoula are, but when I think about that, sometimes like what I miss is, um, and when I was young, like we always make fun of like the townies. I grew up in Massachusetts, you know. We make fun of like the townies, you know, that they always stay there. But I miss those little taverns, yeah. and I miss all of that, you know, all of those um, events and things like that, right? And so having a wonderful place like that would just be, would be actually pretty cool, and also super affordable. Have you talked to the Hutterites, because they don't, they kind of do something like that, but they actually live in houses, but, like, you know, they're kind of in their own their own land and sustaining them and feeding themselves and things like that, or... You
1: know, they, they come together around their religion and their culture. Right, yeah. I've talked to a lot of people mm-hmm. who want to start intentional communities. Yeah. I have not met anyone right. yet in this area, but, I mean, maybe in Montana yeah. somewhere there is that's not religiously uh, based, but... Right. I have not found any intentional community that's functioning right now. If you hear of anything, yeah. please let me know. Absolutely, I know Paul Wheaton's work, he has something that you could maybe describe as people coming together around permaculture, yeah. working on his land,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and kind of cultivating their own piece of land,
2: yeah.
1: but other than that... No, I haven't come across anything. Yeah.
2: Well, what do you want to talk to you about real estate related today? Let's let's get into that, and then we'll get all the personal stuff going after that because I'd like to know how you're doing, and I'd like to help you with your bus. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh, th- thanks yeah. for saying that. Yeah. Um, no, I really would. I, I think uh I think it's a good idea, and I love to help people. So, ask away. <laughs> I wrote down some notes. Um. So you know you can you can kind of. Uh, I don't know if you want to look some of these over or just ask, you know, kind of what's going on. But I, I, what I did write down, and I know you can edit this later, was um, what's going on currently in Missoula County and Valley County. Um, you know, we can obviously go over like rampant overpricing. And then how has COVID affected the real estate market? So I wrote down 10 points. Uh, on how on how it on 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 things we're noticing that are different before so yeah
1: yeah thank you yeah do you want to give any background on your
2: uh, um yeah i mean i i you know i in you know i can't stand talking about myself because i just it's highly awkward you know so it's like i'm just a normal guy and i just uh, i started in real estate in 2013 um and uh just uh after three of, I had probably five or six non-profit businesses, uh, I would say. And by non-profit, they were not 501c3. They were just businesses that didn't make any money, so there was no profit. <laughs> so, um, I know about that. Yeah, really you well. do. Good, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's funny. And so uh, so. anyways, in 97, I moved here. I went to the university. Uh, I... I uh, couldn't I? I went home for a summer, and I, it was just calling me back, you know. So I went for a total of six months because I was so broke when I got here. I think I had twenty bucks, and uh, you know, so and twenty dollars in a Pell Grant or whatever it is, you know, they give you eight hundred dollars for the year, and so. You know, I think I probably drank that, you know, like in the first, you know, two weeks I was here, you know, at, at uh, the Ritz Bar, you know, it was one of the best Bar. bars ever, the Ritz. Do you remember the Ritz? Yeah, oh, now man. we'll see if
1: the Badlander survives. Holy yeah. cow, yeah, so,
2: <laughs> so, so anyway, so the Ritz got all my money, and then, um, and then we, uh, and then after that, I, I was like, I gotta start working because I I like to work, you know, it's like I learn more in like a month of working than I will in like four years of college. Of course, I never made it four years in college. That was the end of my college career. So two semesters in Massachusetts and six months here. And I started selling cars, uh, you know, Flanagan's and uh, Jolly and a couple other places. And then my friend opened a mortgage business and I did mortgages up through 2009. Then I had those nonprofit businesses that I I talked about. And I learned more during those three or four years of just absolutely terrible business ideas, um, just terrible sales skills, just made every mistake you could ever make, you know, and uh, which was a, a very valuable lesson. Um, more costly than college but definitely uh, helping me but later in life and in 2013 just started selling some real estate so Um, and uh, and I loved it I mean I love the interactions with people I'm, I'm an introvert nobody knows that I can't stand being in public I'm a hermit like if you catch me like like I give it my all at work and then I go home and I'm like a caveman I do not like to come out on weekends at nights or whatever else So just leave me alone, you know what I mean? So, uh, and that's kind of how it is. But, uh, But I do love people and I do like to make sure because they're paying a handsome fee when they sell a home or purchase a home, they're placing a lot of trust in us. As you know, you're a real estate agent as well. Right. And it was, okay. My,
1: I'm a referral agent. A referral now. agent yeah. now,
2: okay. So you understand that it's, it's one of the most nervous times for somebody and, also, and for us, right? Because we know how nervous they are. Yeah. And then also, they're trusting us with probably the largest investment that they're ever going to make in their entire life. You know, millions or hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands. We help everybody. And um, it's, it's it, it, I love that part of it. I love that they trust us enough to do that, which in turn, we have to do a really good job. And so we started, uh, I started as a single agent uh, uh, and uh, I think for four months, and then just, you know, we're very blessed with a business that took off relatively quickly because we were obviously you know heavy into prospecting and making outbound phone calls in the morning time. And uh, I needed to get my first assistant. Then I got shot uh, in 2013, so I could no longer drive very well because I couldn't see I'm blind in my left eye. So I could, I, uh, I, I was a, it, I got life flight and everything. It was a, you know, I, it was an interesting, I thought that was it. So anyways, but that being said, um, I, I hired a buyer agent at that point in time to come on. So, and then I ordered, and then I made my part-time assistant a full-time assistant. And so then now we have a team rather than just Jason show. And it's really hard when something like that in your life happens. And the simple, simply because uh, you have to, as a, you know, alpha male, you know, and and you know, and I can't apologize for that. That's all I was made. I have a hard time relying on anybody because because that's how I am. And so that was an interesting phase as I was healing and learning how to not smash into someone in my car because my depth perception is off <laughs> and such. Uh, all of the weird stuff that goes along with uh, an injury like that. Um, but yeah, I was very thankful that, you know, in our first year we had a, a, an extremely successful year through it all. And I think that's a good point for a lot of people is that the harder it can be when you get through that, whatever it is in life, when you get through that, uh, ultimately, um, that's where the magic is. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's where the magic is. Yeah.
1: In my couple of years at Keller Williams, yeah. when you were with Keller Williams yeah. too, uh, and I was just starting out, so I got to be in a couple classes that you led, and I yeah. was always really struck by your um, your persistence, yeah. your persistence despite all all the odds mm. and dedication. A lot of dedication yeah. to, to to your to, to real estate, to yeah. what you do, to your livelihood, yeah. to your clients. To uh, I just really ha- have always seen that really strongly in, in your yeah. work and admired that from
2: yeah, on day one. Yeah, I, th- I thank you. Yeah, it's it's um <clears throat> some people get into real estate as a pastime. And some people get into it as a business. And I am a business person. I can't, uh, you know, I can't, uh, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's to help people. But at the end of that, obviously, we get paid. And, uh, you know, uh, my job is to support and protect my family and my community. I mean, that's very important to me. And also to empower the people around me is very, very important to me. More so, you know, my family's first. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, is that um, I want to help other people be successful as well. In doing that, you know, it is very hard to be to be humbled. And so when I hear you say things like that, it's awkward for me because I don't ever really get, you know, most of the time you're just defending yourself as opposed to uh, um, getting compliments. So not sure I know how to take them, but thank you. But I think that if we're going to do something, we should really do it with all of our heart, all of our mind. And I think that we should have other people As the goal to that, I I really, truly believe that we have to do things for other people. And this is how I do it. It's just through, you know, a real estate team. And when I say team, my team is the only reason why I'm successful. You know what I mean? It's definitely not my looks. You know what I mean? Thank God this is a podcast. (laughs) Come on now. It's a face only a mother can love. And she recently moved to Montana, so that's good. And she works with us, so. Oh, nice. Which is great, yeah. But thank you for that. Yeah, it's important to me to help other people see their true potential, whether it's a buyer or a seller, but, you know, especially agents on our team.
1: And also, I appreciated your, um, you always said you have to make a lot of mistakes and learn from them. And you always gave examples of some of the mistakes you made. And yeah, yeah, you were very open about that. Yeah. I really appreciated that. Yeah,
2: it's, I think, I think one of the biggest things is, and, and we go through, we're in life. I mean, we're in journeys. I mean, we're all on a journey. And I think one of the biggest journeys that we go through and we eventually get there, we all do, and we have to keep sight of that, is uh, <clears throat> being able to admit that we're not perfect and then also being okay with it. And uh, I can tell you I'm one of the world's biggest screw-ups, but I can also say that I'm not ashamed of that anymore. Yeah. So I, I sin every day, I make mistakes every single day, I'm not perfect every day, I probably make people mad every day, I probably make people happy every day. But there's, there's, at the end of the day, I'm okay with who I am now. And so I'm and probably, for, I'm 44, I'll turn 45 next week, but I'm, I'm, it took me probably 40 years. So for anyone listening, um, I think it's really important that you give yourself a little hug and understand that you know life is a, is a, is a marathon and definitely not a sprint. So take it easy on yourself there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah.
1: And um, you were kind enough, Jason Baker, to make a nice list here because I told you that I wanted to talk about the real estate market Mm -hmm. and uh, how COVID has affected the real estate market. And when I started my podcast, my first episode was Mm -hmm. an interview with a gentleman named Colin Bangs. Yeah. And he gave me a rundown on the market and where we are now. That was back in December. Yeah. Um, So. I really wanted now to catch people up with mm-hmm. what's going on yeah. and I got an email from you and I saw it in my like promotions inbox yeah, you know yeah. and I thought oh, Jason Baker he he for some reason I thought you would would interview and here yeah. we are <laughs> Yeah I I will
2: I really will it's I, like I say if I can make one person laugh every day or help them understand something every single day I'm I'm game so yeah it took me you know We're we're busy, but there's always time for other people. That's for sure. And also, one of the big reasons was I hoped it would help you somehow.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, no no problem. Really appreciate
2: it. So right now, so if I just is it okay if I just get into it and start rifling off? Okay. One of the things to realize right now is like our biggest thing that we've seen whoops through the COVID is uh, the inventory is almost anemic. And, And so, for instance, like right now in Missoula County, there's only 171 homes for sale. Okay, keep in mind, we would normally have 400, maybe 450 for sale right now. There's only 171. The mean sale price in the whole entire that's Missoula County. So in, if there, the mean sale price in the whole county is 356,000. The pending mean price, in other words, the ones that are currently under contract, 356, can you believe that? Holy cow. And this is for single family residences. It doesn't include condos, townhomes, manufacturers, and stuff like that, because that's a bigger bellwether. You know, that's a that's 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 a better baseline to use. The pending mean price is four thirty nine. So in other words, the average sale price over the last twelve months is three fifty six, but those ones that are currently under contract being purchased now are it's up to four hundred and forty thousand, give or take a few hundred bucks. Like holy cow. So we've had a ten percent appreciation in the last six or seven months. That's incredible. I mean, it's it's crazy. So you know, uh, in, in, so that's what it is, and that it's and I'll go over why that is. Um, in just in Missoula, there's only hundred and one homes for sale. Well, gosh, we'd normally have 250 to 300 right now. So we're at about a third of the inventory we typically carry through the winter months, fall and winter months.
1: And when you say that number, you mean single-family
0: yeah, homes?
2: Yeah, just a, a yeah. home in the different, like a condo, everybody knows what a condo is. You know common walls most of the time, etc. A town townhome is very similar except you own the yard uh, as opposed to a, co- a, a community area. A manufactured home is something they brought there on a truck and put on a foundation or not. And then um, single-family residence, so, you know, they went there and a the carpenter built that puppy. Might have been back in the 1600s, just kidding, you know, around here, 1800s, but yeah. And there's homes that are built in 2000 that look like they were built in the 1800s. So, so <laughs> we've all seen those, right? Yeah. You, know, you walk in, you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> What's, what happened? So anyway, um, so it's crazy, but in Missoula, 565,000 is the average list price. Like, jeepers, I mean, we better get to work, you know, like, holy, can you imagine you're moving to Missoula? Right. And you're like, oh, average. you're like, I'm going to get a house for two fifty because Missoula is way cheaper. It's not like California or something. And then they're like, oh, by the way, you know, what's listed, the average sale price of five sixty in half of those homes that are listed are over five hundred. About 60 percent of them are over five hundred K. So there's very few options for people who, you know, for the average Missoulian, if you will, or, you know, average working family. It's it's just so hard, you know, and you know that because that's why you're doing a lot of the stuff you're doing. Um, now, down in the Bitterroot Valley, and I know this is super boring, so it's almost over. Oh, we'll get into the fun boring. stuff. It's
0: not boring, yet. The
2: Ravalli <laughs> County, so, so, Ravalli County has 158 active. Now, they have about a third the population is Missoula, and they have as many homes for sale as we do, within 12 or 13 homes. So, there's more... Options down there, so it might be something for someone to look at. Although historically, that's super low for them too. Normally, there's two or three times as much as that for sale down there. It's the prices are super high. Um, it's a second home valley, if you will. So there's a lot more of that million dollar inventory down mm-hmm. there, you know, or more. Uh, five seventy five is the average list price. Four nineteen is the average. Pe- Four hundred nineteen thousand is the average pending price. So that's trending upward. And 339 over the last 12 months is the average sold price uh, or mean sold price. I always take mean because it's a more accurate refl- reflection because something that was $30 million could have sold and sometimes they do and it skews everything. So we take off the top few high ones, the top, you know, the ones that sold for 20,000. Yeah. Um, but as far as COVID, I mean, like, so, so that's what's going on. So that's the byproduct of everything I'm going to talk about going forward, right? So that's why it's so freaking low, right? So the big thing that we've noticed is we're getting so many out-of-state calls and or people that don't want to go out, it, especially right in, I would say, like, uh, mid March, April, May. This was more prevalent than it is now, but they wanted everybody wanted virtual showings. So half our showings are running around with our FaceTime, you know, this and that. Like I said, this is a radio voice, right? Okay, so you know what I mean? No, but we're FaceTiming and everything like that. So it's, like, we've never had to do that. Like, how many times, like, maybe for, like, Auntie Gertrude, you know, you know, when she was coming to visit, we're like, oh, Auntie, do you like it? But the people who are buying the home are physically there. And it's, so it's, it's, it's difficult because as a listing agent, which I primarily am, and we have buyer's agents on our team, my job is to reduce the layer of risk for the seller. So that person could change their mind if they're like, oh, I love the house. This is great. Well, you know, it's like, you know, you're not getting the full dimensions of the rooms or the street or the neighborhood or the aerial. I mean, you can look in Onyx Maps or Google Earth all you want, but you don't know if you like the feel of anything over the Internet, over, the, over a, a video. I mean, and you're spending half a million bucks. You're like, oh, I'm going to. But, I mean, but they're, they're putting offers in right there. We sold four or five that way this year. For my sellers, I recommend they don't take those offers, and the reason is is I like to protect them, and that person could easily back out if they got there and didn't like it during the inspection phase. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but but we're seeing so much of that. Um, That's the first thing. The second thing that we noticed is people were scared about having people in their house. You know, at first, it's kind of, it's really leveled out. Like we're not seeing the booties and like, you know, like ET, you know, at the end with the hazmat suits and everything. Did you ever see that movie, ET?
0: At long Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Remember at the end and they're like running through these tunnels and stuff with the plastic everywhere. But we, 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 were seeing a lot of booties, like hand sanitizer everywhere, you know, like brush your teeth before you come in, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, But we're not really seeing that anymore. But initially, the first two or three months, my gosh, I mean, like, you know, half the seller. So we had to, like, stock up on hand sanitizer, if you could find it, you know, beating people up at the, you know, dollar store for hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But, I mean, you know, so much you had, but, you know, I mean, there was, like, hand sanitizer wars going on there for a little while. Toilet paper wars and everything else, right? And uh, so, anyways, we, we had to go through that. So, so the showings were much different, both virtually and then when you got there, there was a lot more of that and you know but the the big thing is is rather than deal with the shows of the people that really had to sell you know but what we normally see in like uh april may june like is like this massive influx of inventory those people never put their home on the market this year like i think we're gonna have less sales this year than last year because we never had our uptick in inventory like we've been hovering at 100 homes for sale in missoula and 150 to 180 in the county all year I mean, we're carrying our winter inventory levels through the whole. In fact, we normally have twice as much inventory through December as we, as we have this whole entire year. So we never had that, well, I'm waiting till spring to sell my home rush. So all of these people are looking for houses to buy, and they're not there to buy. So um, a lot of people really held off. Um, and I think those are, you know, understanding the, the age demographics in Missoula, we have a lot of people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know. And they probably, you know, if they were watching any of mainstream media, um, thought the whole world was going to die, you know. And so, um, and every life is important, there's no doubt, but they, they, they were super scared, and I think they held off.
0: Yeah.
2: One of the things I'm concerned about is without, with the financial crisis, we're surely going to see more and more once all the government funds... Uh, run out the ppp eidl and also uh the mortgage forbearances i think we're going to see an uptick in foreclosures for the people who aren't working really and i also think that uh, the people who are like now like off unemployment now are going to not have a job to go back to and so they're going to have to sell and i also think next year the people that we're going to sell this year are actually going to put their home in the market so there's a lot of buyers out there who are cheering for that to happen unfortunately but nobody wants to see anyone go through financial hardship yeah, that's for sure. And, and especially me, because I, you know, I'm super honest. I mean, I lost my house in 2008 and 2009. And it was the most brutal process for my family to ever go through. Yeah, we had um, our mortgage company went out of business overnight, we, we couldn't, we had 20 deals in the pipeline, and the bank sh- got imploded. And so t- the next day, we didn't have a job. So, and we lost all of those uh, files, and then the, the kind of the, the loan types of subprime and ARMs, which should have gone away and should have never been there. But they went away. All these people were approved at those. So these people had no way to get a loan, you know, which dashed their hopes of buying or refinancing or whatever else. And then, of course, the prices plummeted thirty or forty percent. I don't think we're going to see that this time around. I don't think we're going to see a major, major uh, price reduction. But I probably would estimate we'll see a ten percent. Uh, adjustment downward um, just because of uh, inventory and I think their interest rates cannot stay they're artificially at 2.875 I don't think they can stay that low forever I don't think it's feasible um,
1: it would be a great time to buy a house and given the interest rates it, if it there is. Was enough homes available
2: if you make a payment right now actually you're paying it down yeah. <laughs> whereas a few years ago you were just paying the bank you know so you're actually owing less every month by more than like three dollars yeah. You know, on, on, your, on your mortgage, you know. So, um, but anyways, um, the fourth thing I've noticed is just because there are so very few homes for sale. Like, like we put two houses, uh, one on Red Osier and one on Justin Court Live yesterday. One around noon, one around like four. And we have ten offers between the two of them already. So, like, Deb in my office is probably right now, she's probably day drinking, you know, having to like... <laughs> and more power to her you know what I mean yes (laughs) but she's probably like at home like pulling her hair out going Jason you know space those out don't put two live in one day but we're seeing multiple offers on properties if they're reasonably priced you know because a lot of people are stretching like oh if I can get this price I'll sell it well we're having expireds every day still as well Okay, so not all homes are selling. So if you're super unrealistic, it still won't sell. It's better to start right at or a few thousand above what it's actually worth and then watch the people. So we have some offers right now, $30,000 over what we're asking. But if we started $30,000 higher, we would have never got an offer or a showing.
1: You're getting offers 30,000. Right now I have
2: two that are 30,000 over what we're asking. And this was just since yesterday. Yeah. Wow. And we know how to field that. And then we know how to make those offers fight against each other in order. Because my job is to get my seller the most amount of money. That's why they hire me. And yes, I, I hate when the buyers have to do that. But right now, they have to. I can't say, Mr. Seller, take one that's $50,000 less than the other one that's sitting on the table, too. That's what you would have to bail me out if I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, number five, um, again, and that, and I got into number five a little bit. It's just starting at the market value, you know, just start at the, at the, at a good price, maybe five grand over what, like if you wanted, if, if the comps show 480, maybe don't go over 485. The next thing you know, you'll get 510, start at 510 and you'll get nothing. You won't even have an offer to negotiate. So anyway, so the moral of that story is pricing still does matter through COVID but also there's a greater likelihood because of limited inventory because of COVID that you'll get so much more money for your house, which doesn't help affordable housing in Missoula or anywhere.
1: I mean, it sounds like-
2: But it's happening.
1: Low supply, yeah. high demand. I mean, everybody yeah. knows that low supply and yeah. high demand drives yeah. prices up. Yep. Um, and it sounds like when I, you know, working up in Hot Springs even, even at the Little Canvas yeah. Market in Hot Springs, yeah. I heard a lot of people come in and say, oh, I just came, I'm from Washington, looking for land, yeah. trying to get away. Yep.
2: No. They, they really are. They really are trying to get away. People, people don't like, people don't like when things are not like finite, like they, they don't like uh, flux, I have found, right? And so they don't like the flux of what's going on in some of these large cities, whatever side of the aisle you're on, whether you think that's, it doesn't matter. The, the point is, there's a flux. And when there's a flux, people tend to want to get some space or move out of the current situation that they're in, and they look for the safety in, in, in country-like places where they get some acreage and everything else. So there is safety in distance, I guess. you know If the houses are five miles apart, they're, they're harder to burn down.. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding all right so anyway uh so but one of the big things is, is we're seeing a shift in the market not necessarily in like 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 la to like missoula but we're seeing like missoula to missoula but now because they're working from home because of covid they have to have an office space so we're seeing a lot of remodeling like if you call a plumber right now they're like okay flipping through their book, 2022, June, you know, uh, you know, I'll I'll be there. (laughs) You know, so it's like, holy cow, you know, we need some more tradesmen, uh, you know, but uh, it's, it's insane. And so but more people are working from home. So they're kind of so they're moving into, you know, in the same town, but they're moving into something or like making an ADU or uh, making an office in their garage or just having to move. Into some place with some sort of space for a home office for for the the couple or one of the uh, one of the people in there or just for themselves. So it, it's crazy. So you're having that move around and they're not finding anything to move into. So they're having to go up in price because it's easier to go up than down. Like go try to find something nice. It's two fifty right now. Call me when you find it. I'll talk to you in two thousand twenty two, you know, or maybe two thousand ninety two. So okay. numbers. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I'm just thinking. Like the funny thing is that <clears throat> 250 sounds like a very low home price now. When I started in real estate yeah. in two, 2017, yeah. I remember the average home price being 267 or something yeah, like that.
2: It was. Yeah. So
1: I think you said now that the current like main home price is somewhere around 400 above 400. Yep. So what's
2: under contract right now is that in Missoula is 419 average. So maybe that closes at 417 or maybe it closes right now at 422. But that's going to be since uh, basically um, that's going to be what's under contract now. So it won't go up to that per se because remember if we're taking averages we have to take the whole year, right? So, but, you know, this basically gives us a snapshot of the last two or three months. And so, you know, you take the three, so I probably fall somewhere in between those two numbers of 356 and that, but still a pile of money. Now, now my next point was that like COVID is obviously if 20% of the people are unemployed, if 20% of the businesses are going to go under, if... You can only eat in every other table at Famous Dave's or like, I love barbecue, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at me, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm down to two chins now though, I'll have you know, you from 12. Yeah, I have uh-huh. lost weight, I've lost 40 pounds. It's unbelievable, see? And so I, I, I didn't get my, my COVID-19 pounds as everybody always says. That's,
1: that's commendable. Yeah, it is
2: commendable, yeah. Cause man, this guy, I like to eat, man. I'm, you know, so, but the, uh, but, you know, par- partly because my trainer came into the, and uh, in, in trained me privately here in this next room. And oh, then there's also my, he's, there's a private gym about 100 feet from here. So, you know, I used to dance for the Chubbendales, but, you know, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but at some point, there's going to be, because of the unemployment and just the indecision, it's going to be, no matter who gets in on November 3rd, right, we need to love each other no matter what. But the fact of the matter is there's going to be a global meltdown. People aren't going, like, I want to go to so many places, but I don't want to deal with wearing a hazmat suit if I go there. I don't want to deal with all the weirdness that my children will see along the way. I don't want to deal with the lack of freedom. I don't want to deal with, like, not being able to hug somebody or put my hand out and get a freaking handshake. Or a
1: two-week quarantine, which is the same length as your vacation.
2: Or a two-week... Yeah, that's exactly... I'm going on vacation in my room, both when I go and when I come back. This is great. (laughs) Shit, I'll have a whole month off. Can we swear on this? I don't even know. Okay. So, but but the thing is, is that... uh, There's going to be a global meltdown and I I think that's going to affect home pricing and I think a lot of people are going to be selling their house once they find out that the prices start coming down. They're all going to dump their home in the market so that they can get out at the high point. You know, back in 2008, 2007, there were winners and losers, you know, so just whoever, if anyone's thinking about selling, I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, now is the time, okay, before that all happens. We have election stress right now, you know, there's just so much division. And, uh, man, I don't know, man. COVID's hard because I, I'm a hugger. You know what I mean? That's, that's the number one. I should put that number one. I'm a freaking hugger and I can't hug anybody anymore. What's going on here? So <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Is. Um, interest rates are so low, you know, people can afford a $500,000 home where, uh, and they're keeping them low because of COVID, uh, I think, because remember, real estate brings every depression or recession – Real estate leads the way out of that always. So we have to keep our tax. Uh, It's really important that whoever gets in keeps the 1031 tax where it is so people can turn their properties because you employ 14 to 15 businesses every time you sell a home. And it's important that the mortgage interest deduction, which which homeowners take advantage of, and it really financially helps them, stays put. They need to be able to realize those savings It it hits the difference between someone getting nothing back or owing money at the end of the year to actually getting something back for their families and there's not a family out there right now that couldn't use that extra money so we've got to protect any tax that affects real estate we have to protect that for people for sure
1: Uh, and just to be clear when you said you said when you sell a home and that effect that that benefits 15 or 16 businesses I think you meant like not only the, the mortgage banker, mm-hmm. but the inspector who comes by, and yep. not only the real estate yep. agent, but also the title company, and all yep. those parties that are involved.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly right. So, usually, you got to put in a little carpet, so you got the carpet guy. You have the real estate agent, you have the title agent, you have the home inspector, you have the home appraiser. You have the uh, again the title company. You get the people that close the transaction at the title company, and then the people who examine the title there. You have an attorney maybe along the way, right? To say is this good, um, and then um, you know you have a home warranty company if you choose to offer a home warranty for the person. I mean, there's think about how many businesses are affected when there's a when when something when it, when even just one deal doesn't go through, and so. If you tell someone, well, you can sell this home, but you're going to owe immediately 30% taxes on it because we no longer allow you to 1031 your money uh, and put it into something else, you're affecting 14 or 15 or 16 different families. And to me, um, that's not good because, you know, we're all trying to get by, right? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah. And then as far as like, I get the question all the time is like, are these stateers coming here in droves? Well, for four, two or three months, their state wouldn't let them out, basically, right? You know what I mean? They're like, stay here, you know, and then, um, and then our state wouldn't let them in. So there's like five or six months of like pent up people that want to come. So yes, right now there's more out of state plates here than anywhere else. And they are, and and they're trying to buy like sight unseen. Like I got screamed at by an agent yesterday because he's like, you need to change your policies, You're, you're being unethical. And I said, why? I said, I'm trying to reduce my seller's layer of risk by not accepting an offer. We will present it, because we have to legally do that, but I'm advising my sellers not to take out-of-state, sight unseen offers right now. I'm just advising that. They can decide to choose to, to, to take it if they want, but when it's sitting next to a higher offer or as good of an offer with someone that's actually seen it or maybe seen it two or three times, and their whole family's been there and there's, it's, all the decisions have been made, like they're not gonna back out for that reason, you know, I certainly, um, you know, but you have to deal with that because, and then the emotion on the other side for that agent, he's like, I'm just trying to get my person a great house. I understand that. Yeah. I really do. But as a, as a listing agent, I've got to protect my sellers. But yeah, so, but there are a lot of out-of-staters coming in or trying to do it remotely. So it's, it's added another paradigm. And then down in the Bitterroot Valley with that Yellowstone movie that they're filming down there. Oh yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they need a chubby ranch hand, man. They can call me. I'll do it. I'm in flannel right now. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You know. I mean, I'm ready. Don't make me ride a horse, though. Yeah, I'm gonna need a Clydesdale. (laughs) Yeah, you got cowboy boots on. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Can you imagine me riding a Shetland pony? Wouldn't that be hilarious? (laughs) That
1: would be the comedy version.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that poor thing. Oh, my gosh. Don't call PETA. No, just kidding. Who <laughs> allowed that six-foot-five man on that Shetland pony? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dude, I lost 40 pounds. Come on. I thought I'd give it a try. You know, so, <laughs> but anyway. And then, you know, and in, in the last thing is, um, you know, with the COVID that I've just seen out there and is, you know, whether you're a masker, whether you're an unmasker, whether you're a vaxxer, or whether you're um, anti, uh, anti-vax, love your neighbor, man. And I think that uh, the division is is driving. I think so much of the division in the media, I think it's, uh, you know, by design. And I think at the end of the day, we have to realize we're all in this together. We've all lost 215,000 people. I don't think there's one person out there that said, I want someone to die, no matter how they try to make it look from one side or the other. Nobody does. We're all in this together. And I just think that if we remember that, more importantly, um, you know, we can get over this crap and, and get out there and kick that Rona's ass. Yeah, so yeah. So that's it for me. What other questions do you have? Anything?
1: Um, let's see. Did I
2: put you to sleep? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. absolutely She's not. nodding off, ladies and gentlemen. Yes.
1: Absolutely not. Um, you know, I think you said that the home prices would come down like the mm. 10% when yeah. the, this is all said and done. Yeah. Um, all said and done. Who knows when that's going to happen? That's exactly right. But yeah. I, it sounds like you, you don't see the prices eternally rising. It sounds like you think it's gonna hit a a high mark and then start to come down, hopefully to a a realm that, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever come down to a realm where the average Missoulian can just hop out the door and buy a home, but it does sound like it will come back down. It
2: it should, yeah. I, I think like, so for instance, we have 100 homes for sale right now. I think like a healthy, healthy market in Missoula has about 500. So if there's 500 homes for sale or 100, do you think a seller is gonna make more if there's 100 for sale or 500? Yeah. So that'll bring it down. Also, when interest rates go up to probably five, to who knows, Jimmy Carter years, they were 21%. My mom tells me that all the time. You whippersnappers are you're whining about, you know, 2.8, there was 21%. And uh, <clears throat> coming off some really low interest rates, that went up to 21%, inflation, all sorts of other things caused it. If that happens, you know a house that's 500 now that's going to cause a reduction because the people won't be able to afford a house and the people who have to sell for medical reasons or they just they're moving and they don't want to rent it um, that is going to like wipe out home values. so we have to somehow uh, keep those rates low or we just have to go through that natural uh, progression I think we'll lose half of the real estate agents if that happens because it won't just be like you know, put your pants on in the morning, if you get a listing, it'll sell just despite itself. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, it's just one of those things. So yeah, I do think that eventually because of inventory increases, because of rising interest rates, and because of the financial meltdown, which will cause that increase in inventory, I think that sellers should sell now. Now, if you're a buyer, you're like, oh crap, I'm just gonna wait till that happens. I can't guarantee it's going to. Number one, who knows? Maybe this economy just somehow, something happens, and it just goes, then we're screwed for another 10 years. There's a natural up cycle, down cycle, and leveling cycle. Anyways, every 12 years. The last bust was 2008. Add 12 years to that. It's 2020. We've been expecting for the last two or three years Uh, a drop in prices. It never happened. The economy was like raging. The rates were low. It was crazy. And then boom, COVID. But COVID has created lower inventory, which has kept the prices artificially high, I think. But I think it's just going to be a natural downswing. And I think that, but it, it doesn't mean don't buy because here's the thing. No matter what, every 10, even from 12 years ago when it was at the highest point we've ever had, it's higher than that now. Yeah. So there's never like, a bad time to buy. Because, well, and here's the other thing. So if you buy a house at 2.875, or you buy a house at 8%, but the prices are $100,000 less, you still made out like a bandit at the 2.875. Yeah. If you keep the house for long enough. Now, if you're just flipping it, or, you know, every two years you get a, you know, a a hair to go sell your house just because you've got ants in your pants, you know, then uh, fine. We love clients like that.
0: Would
1: you say that the lowered interest rate has made, I mean, I, th- I feel like you said it made the home <clears throat> prices go up because buyers are yeah. like, oh, I can afford more. I can pay more and I can yep. put 30000 over asking price on this house now because the, the, and get it and make sure I get it because the interest rates are so Everybody's low. Everybody's
2: payment driven and panic driven right now. So they're payment driven. So I can afford that payment. So the difference between two or three points in, so uh, last election cycle the interest rates went to 5.5. From 3.25, and so um, that was crazy. I mean, that was uh, that really slowed our market down. It, it, it like for six or seven months, it just it was it was brutal because a per- person that was going to be paying 1,500 is now paying 2,250 a month for no good reason. Yeah. Like the next day,
0: It's because there was a yeah. It's like, woo, <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, thanks
2: again. You know, just, have you written your politician today and thanked him for making your life better? Give me a break. If you're waiting around for a politician to make your life better, oh, my Lord. may have mercy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Anyhow, I've never written him a thank you letter. <laughs> I don't think I ever will. Well, thanks for stressing me and my family out, you know. So, but anyway, stay off the news. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think it's gonna, uh, I, think, I think it's going to adjust 10%. I really do. So twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 on an average Missoula house, I think it'll go down. But I really, for me, I bought now recently, I bought in the last couple months because I wanted that 3% interest rate is what I got. Yeah. It's even lower now, you know, yeah. I wanted that because the size property that we were buying is I bought, I built a moat around me where I live, <laughs> I have a, yeah. So, and uh, cause I wanted some space. So, but the, um, but I, at that price, I needed that. Even if I would have got it cheaper down the road, I, I for me, I, I wanted that really low interest rate. I want to take advantage of that. So you yeah, understand that no matter what, at the outset, if you can keep a home 5 to 10 years, you're going to make money on equity and you can't beat 2.875. Holy cow. I'm not a lender, but that's, you know, when I looked at the rate sheets today, that's what it was. It's yeah.
1: definitely really low. Oh,
2: great. Yeah, for sure.
1: I'm curious how realtors have been affected by the whole COVID thing with the... You know, low inventory. You'd think, like with the high home prices, that there'd be tons of realtors. But if the, I think the fact of the matter is, is that if there's such a low supply, you can only have so many realtors selling yeah. this really low supply of homes. So
2: it's it's unfortunate that the the real estate industry every three, four, or five years has an 87 percent churn. Most people get in and realize it's nothing like HGTV that they look at. Like I have to start my day at five thirty in the morning, do my goals, get into the office by eight, and today's a day off and I'm here. You know, because I, I have stuff I need to do media-wise. and um, But also, uh, and I get on the phone, and, and I prospect outbound looking for, because I'm always looking for the next home for my buyers. And I have a list of 30 buyers that want something that aren't out there. So it's my job to find it. I can't just sit there and sip coffee. Yeah. You know I mean, I chug a cold brew. Yep. Like, really you're,
1: f- you're really dedicated and organized
2: with yeah. your prospecting. So we have 800 real estate agents in Missoula. If you can believe that, you throw a rock, you hit 92 of them. Don't throw a big rock, do you go to jail? But uh, so, but there. What happens is, is so many of them get out of the business after a while because they realize that because there's so few listings. Like like a good real estate agent will do will be real listing heavy, because you uh, a buyer business is not duplicatable per se. Like you never know if a buyer is going to call, and quite frankly, if you have a listing, they're going to call on your listing. That's how you get a lot of the buyers are doing open houses or whatever. But it's really, really hard to be a buyer's agent right now because there's not a lot of listings to sell so the agent goes out of business and there's not a lot of listings to get in the first place. So they gotta, So we're splitting all these deals between 800 real estate agents. So it's like it's like World War III out there. And so you see a lot of cut, cutthroat stuff happening out there. You see a lot of emotions out there. And we just have to be super forgiving of those emotions uh, right now that the, that the people that are trying to buy our listings um, uh, that they have. We have to understand that we have to put our, ourselves in their shoes and, and understand what they're trying to do, like this guy was screaming at me yesterday. Um, we have to just understand that he's just trying to get his, and it's hard because no matter what, when there's 10 offers, you're, 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 you're hurting nine families. I mean, that's how I feel. Yeah. You know, like I don't take it lightly. But, yeah, there's 800 of us. So befo- remember, you know, 700 of them won't be in this business in three or four years. So consider who you work with. It's very important yeah. that they're there for the long haul. Yeah.
1: Um, well, Jason Baker, I know you have um, you know, lots to do and probably many, many more things ahead of you today. So yeah. is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered?
2: Love. That's it. Just much love. And just love everyone around you.
1: Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah,
2: that's it. <laughs> it's the only thing I have to say.
1: All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You were just listening to my interview with Jason Baker of the Jason Baker team at Rise Realty in Missoula. If you enjoy ZAP and find yourself more informed than before, please share. It is available free on all major platforms where podcasts are found. If you or anyone you know would like to contribute an interview, if you want more information about each episode, Or to find out how to support this podcast, visit the ZAP page at anchor.fm and feel free to send me a message. Special thanks to Missoula Community Radio for your ongoing mentorship and open learning platform.
0: Thank you for joining the Zootown Affordable Housing Podcast is stable afford means that you're able to make your wages last through debt rent or expenses while even retaining some senses stability with the ability to do situation and zap so many alternatives so many voices filled with ideas on how to live start making choices that improve the collective and zap incentivize creation and zap from all collaborate